Welcome to Febrile, a cultured podcast about all things infectious disease. We use consult questions to dive into ID clinical reasoning, diagnostics, and antimicrobial management. I'm Sarah Dong, your host, and I am very excited to be bringing you some live podcast episodes recorded this month in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The next few episodes were all recorded at the World Antimicrobial Resistance Awareness Week Forum, held and organized by the Saudi Pediatric Infectious Disease Society, SPIDS, in collaboration with Febrile and the King Abdulaziz Public Library. In addition to our guests, which you'll meet on the individual episodes, I do want to start by giving a special thank you to Dr. Rana Al-Magrabi, the president of SPIDS, and Dr. Fatima Al-Dubisi, head of Scientific and Research Committee for SPIDS. Thank you to them both for the invitation and warm welcome. We had a lot of fun planning these episodes, as well as the rest of the event. You're in for a treat. There will be three separate episodes that will be released on the next three consecutive Mondays here in December before we wrap up season three of Febrile. Episode one will discuss difficult-to-treat pseudomonas and carbapenemases. Episode two will feature management of crab. And we'll close out episode three with a case of persistent MSSA bacteremia in a neonate. Let's listen in, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Febrile, a cultured podcast about all things infectious disease. I'm going to start with episode one here and introduce our guests. I'll have you say hello and tell everyone a little bit about uh, where you're located and what you do. Okay, thank you, Dr. Uh, Dr. Sarah. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Bashayan Shahid. I'm an infectious disease clinical pharmacist consultant and an assistant professor at uh, IAU. I'm very happy to be with you, and I would like to thank the Saudi Society of Pediatric Infectious Disease for their invitation and for having this lovely pod- podcast in our lovely country, India. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Sarah, for this introduction. It's, uh, it's our pleasure to be with you today uh, on live podcast. We are uh, big fans for your Febrile podcast, actually. And thanks for Organized Society and Dr. Elena, in particular, and Dr. Fatma for this one. Uh, I'm Dr. Tia Jahoudi, Pediatric Infectious Disease Consultant and Chairperson of Antimicrobial Stewardship uh, Program in my hospital and in my institute. So again, it's our pleasure to be with you on live podcast. Great. Um, and so it is a tradition because we call Febrile a culture podcast to ask uh, if you'd be willing to share a little piece of culture. So basically something non-medical that you enjoy. Okay. Uh, so for me, I really enjoy going to historical places and uh, visiting places. And since we are in the uh, lovely Riyadh, and I want you to like get introduced to some of our culture. Uh, so I've been two weeks ago to um, the historical Dereya, and I would really love uh, for you to have a chance to go and visit over there. It's one of the uh, very beautiful places that uh, we do have in, in Riyadh, and it's uh, um, one of uh, five places that is listed in the UNESCO as a historical uh, worldwide uh, site. So hopefully you can go there and uh, have a little taste of our uh, culture as well. No, I'm sharing also the same concept of Dr. Sarah, despite (laughs) both of us not from Riyadh. That's why you are interested in the same concepts. So um, be the third one to us just to share the architecture issues and uh, to enjoy the new places, uh, despite you you came very late yesterday, but uh, at least (laughs) after your rest that you can go to other places. Great. Um, All right. So I'm going to open it up by telling you a little bit about today's consult question, which was to please assist with the management of pneumonia due to a very resistant pseudomonas. Um, So let's meet our patient. So we meet a teenager who has a history of cystic fibrosis and known colonization with multi-drug resistant pseudomonas. 
They are admitted to the hospital respiratory failure. She had a prolonged hospital course requiring ECMO support and ultimately underwent a bilateral lung transplant. Post-transplant, she has struggled with recurrent MDR pseudomonas pulmonary infections, requiring multiple long courses of antibiotics. Before we dive further into the current case, I wanted to pull up her susceptibility report, which noted resistance to ciprofloxacin and levofloxacin, imipenem and mirapenem, but there actually is susceptibility to ceftazidime, cefepime, and piperacillin tazobactam. So this isolate, sort of by definition, is carbapenem-resistant pseudomonas. But why does it appear to have susceptibility to agents like cefepime and piptazo? To be honest, Dr. Sarah, the wave sensitivity is not sound to be any carbamase producer at the MIC. It's, it's not that the cutoff MIC of carbamase producer. It's sound to be issue of pouring down regulations. So for the forest mechanism of action, we will discuss it later on Dr. Abashai, but it's not sound to be any carbamase producer so far. Yeah. And so we all know that gram-negative resistance is already very complicated, particularly so in pseudomonas. Uh, can you both give us an overview to help understand both the terminology of uh, resistance in pseudomonas, because there's a couple different sort of terms that people use, and some of the mechanisms of carbapenem resistance? Uh, it's really a good question to start with the issues of definition of uh, multidrug resistance pseudomonas instead of difficult to treat pseudomonas. Just to make it easy for you that multidrug resistance pseudomonas, when you're talking about this isolate, it is non-susceptible to one antibiotic in at least three categories or three classes of antibiotics, including penicillin, kephalosporin, carpabinum, fluoroquinolones, and aminoglycoside as a classes. Whenever we have at least one antibiotic in the three classes of antibiotic non-susceptibles considered to be multidrug resistant. But our talk today about difficult to treat pseudomonas, which is isolate, non-susceptible to all of the following, ceftazidim, cefepim, peparacillin, tazobactam, fluoroquinolones like ciprofloxacin, levofloxacin, and asterionam as well. So it is more toward uh, all the classes of antibiotics is not susceptible to it. For the mechanism of action, Dr. Abasharchi will give us a clue. Uh, okay, so regarding the mechanism of action, uh, difficult to treat pseudomonas or uh, multidrug resistant uh, pseudomonas actually um, evolve around an interplay of complex uh, different mechanism, including uh, the dam regulation of the outer uh, Pure, uh, purine membrane, which uh, Dr. Tiraj mentioned uh, in in the beginning of the case, presence of ESBL, increased production of uh, pseudomonas mediated cephalosporinase, uh, which is uh, commonly uh, known as AMPC production, uh, and. Kindly note that with tazobactam, this is uh, not effective against uh, pseudomonas-mediated uh, cephalosporinase. Other forms of uh, resistance as well is uh, mutations in the protein binding targets and also uh, the uh, upregulation of the uh, efflux uh, pump as well. Just a quick note that uh, since we're talking about resistant, when the term carbapenem-resistant uh, enterobacterialis uh, are used. It's actually, again, it's a heter uh, heterogeneous uh, mechanism with a different uh, type of mechanism. In other words, uh, a CRE can be a carbapenemase-producing uh, organism and could be a non-carbapenemase-producing uh, organism as well. Hmm. 
And, you know, speaking about Cobra Panamase, from, from my standpoint, carbapenemase production is a relatively rare cause of carbapenem resistance in Pseudomonas in the U.S., but what about elsewhere in the world? Yeah, uh, so despite it is rare in U.S., but uh, unfortunately it is a little bit common in other areas. Like uh, when you have uh, multiple studies, uh, systematic review of uh, Middle East, uh, the incidence of carbapenemase in carbapenem resistance to demonis, we found around 20% of the isolates is carbapenemase producers with due to mutation of the gene called a BLAVIM gene. And in the photo we can show you that how, how around 91 isolates was isolated from Middle East regions. It's found to be and 18% of this 91 isolates is carbapenemase reducer due to enzyme defect. So despite it is rare in U.S., but it is unfortunately more common in South of America and Australia, followed by Middle East, then followed by the U.S. Um, so still it is raised a burden of uh, resistant issues to find the carbapenemase producer detected by gene. That's why we are looking also for susceptibility testing. The, the, another concern we'll talk about to know the defect of the gene and how it's different from region to region. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, I we're obviously meeting in the spirit of antimicrobial resistance and awareness of that. Can you give the listeners a little bit of background about multidrug-resistant pseudomonas infections here in Saudi Arabia? So we all know that multidrug-resistant pseudomonas is increasing uh, globally, and this is also uh, consistent in Saudi Arabia as well. Uh, when we're looking at the prevalence of uh, these type of infections uh, in our region, we will see multiple observational retrospective uh, studies studies in nature. However, they all sh share the same findings somewhat. So if we want to have like a little bit of statistic, we would say that uh, the incidence of pseudomonas in healthcare-associated infection is around 11% of the cases. And most of these cases are seen in critically uh, ill patients and patients in the ICU. Uh, most of the isolates uh, that pseudomonas was cultured from were uh, respiratory isolates as well. And this is consistent with most of these uh, observational trials. And so we'll go back to our case. She is currently hospitalized for pneumonia uh, that's noted on CT imaging of her chest. She has ongoing respiratory failure in the ICU. How do you approach addis additional testing for carbapenemase uh, for difficult to treat pseudomonas? You know, since carbapenemase presence is relatively rare in DTR pseudomonas in the U.S., it's often not as critical for us to get carbapenemase testing in the way that we sort of prioritize it for uh, other CRE clinical isolates. Um, actually, according to the last updated IDSA guidelines, uh, or it was uh, start of this year, 23, uh, they strongly recommend and emphasize to do antimicrobial susceptibility testing to all the isolates of multidrug resistant pseudomonas or difficult to treat pseudomonas. The idea behind this um, susceptibility testing is to be tested against all the beta-lactam, beta-lactamase inhibitors like ciftazidim, avibactam, and other options we'll talk about it. And the idea not only during the active uh, and acute infection process, it's only for the issues of chronicity of the illnesses or recurrent infections, and to uh, geographically, to the differentiate between region to region. So it's strongly uh, recommended to do antimicrobial susceptibility testing. Even if it's not available in your institute, you should send it to commercial lab, to CDC lab. We should do antimicrobial susceptibility testing. And this is the message behind that um, uh, all isolate of multidrug resistant and difficult to treat should be susceptibility tested. Mm. 
Um, so this patient has further testing. We get our results back and it notes susceptibility to ceftazidim avibactam and ceftolozane tazobactam. So in general, what are the preferred antibiotics for treatment of infections caused by drug-resistant pseudomonas? Uh, okay, so to summarize it, um, I'll uh, refer to the IDSA guidance, which Dr. Aftiraj uh, mentioned, uh, recently published in 2023. Uh, so they grouped the patient into different groups. First of all, if it if the patient has an isolate that is sensitive to uh, carbapenem and uh, traditional beta-lactam, they mean by traditional beta-lactams, ceftazidim, cefepime, astronam, and piptazo. So if it's sensitive to both, we would go with traditional beta-lactams because we want to reserve uh, carbapenems for more uh, resistant infection and not to add uh, selective pressure on uh, on carbapenems. Uh, if the patient is resistant to carbapenem, however, sensitive to traditional uh, beta-lactams, then we can use traditional beta-lactams. However, we need to use high-dose uh, extended infusion. If the patient is critically ill uh, or uh, he has a poor source control, then we need to go to novel uh, beta-lactam antimicrobials, which is ceftolozane tazobactam, ceftazidim avibactam, imepinim, uh, ciliastatin, uh, relbactam, which is uh, consistent with our case. So our case is a critically ill patient admitted uh, to the ICU. So uh, ideally, if we want to follow the guidelines, then uh, the best management at this point to this patient is to give and oval uh, beta-lactam antibiotics. Uh, the other question, should we use ceftolazine, should we use ceftazidin, uh, or imepinim, uh, ciliastatin, or brelbactam? So um, all of these uh, agents have uh, been studied uh, in vitro and in some observational uh, and clinical trials. Um, however, we don't have head-to-head -head, uh, comparison between them. Rather, they're compared to conventional, traditional uh, therapy, which is polymexin or uh, cholestin. So it depends. Uh, I think we can uh, discuss this further, but I'll give you an example uh, for our from our practice in my center. We do have uh, ceftolazate tazobactam and ceftazidim avibactam. We are still exploring whether to add uh, imepinib relbactam, um, but not yet uh, added. So what we do, if it's sensitive to both, we usually uh, use ceftolazate tazobactam because we want to reserve uh, ceftazidim avibactam for CRE cases, uh, which is OXA-48, for example, producers or KPCs. Uh, this is what we usually do, but however, we can't say there is a wrong right um, uh, answer for this. Another option that can be used as an alternative is uh, cifedricol, as well as a second option uh, from these. Yeah. And is there anything else that can help you choose between newer agents? You know, I think um, you sort of started talking about that a little bit, but um, if other things are all equal, is there anything that may shift your opinion or make you lean towards a certain drug? Actually, adding to what was mentioned by Dr. Bashar, uh, to to Botswana antibiotics superior to each other is really making. Um, uh, we need a more studies to prioritize which one over what. But I would like to have a comparison between ceftalazine and ceftazidine regarding the structure-wise. Despite both of them are sharing the same structure as kefalosporin, but it's sound to be ceftalazine is more stable than ceftazidine as it is not affected, not activated by lysis, by, uh, by the mechanism of lysis of uh, 
bacteria cellular and for protein loss. So it is more stable than ciftazidine as combination therapy of beta-lactam, beta-lactamase inhibitors. Uh, meanwhile, in case of uh, when we found that there is resistance of beta-lactam, beta-lactamase inhibitor, it's, we should raise the possibility and suspicion of metallo-beta-lactamase protection. In this case, we should shift to another regimen of therapy, which is cifidrocal. So choosing one agent uh, instead of other agents is depend on many factors, including susceptibility testing, including regional background, and including um, more studies supporting which one of uh, superior than others. But meanwhile, now all of beta-lactam, beta-lactamase inhibitors are equal to each other in the susceptibility issues and no superior uh, than others. Great. Well, you have covered a huge topic. I made you cram it all into a pretty short window here. Are there any other uh, points or pearls that you want to make sure that we finish on uh, to emphasize about the treatment of DTR pseudomonas? Uh, so yeah, there are some couple of points that we didn't address, uh, or I want to uh, to increase um, uh, our knowledge about. So uh, one thing is combination therapy. So uh, when do we really need to use combination therapy? Combination therapy can be used when we don't have yet uh, sensitivity testing. So empirically, sometimes if we're um, concerned about resistant. However, once we do have sensitivity uh, testing and it is sensitive for the novel uh, antimicrobial agents, we uh, should not use combination because studies have shown that uh, combining, um, um, for example, aminoglycosides with these uh, novel antimicrobials uh, will not add any benefit in terms of efficacy, but rather it will increase the risk of adverse drug reactions, including nephrotoxicity. Another thing that I would want also to add is we need to monitor the patient uh, clinically. So even if we have a sensitivity testing that shows it's sensitive to a certain antimicrobial agent, uh, that doesn't mean that the patient will, uh, will respond because maybe pseudomonas sometimes express resistant while the patient is on uh, antibiotics. So we need to keep a close eye on uh, clinical improvement as well. Final point is uh, if we have a patient that is already infected with previous uh, multidrug resistant pseudomonas and again presenting with another clinical infection, we need to repeat uh, antimicrobial susceptibility testing and not assume that it is sensitive to the agent we used initially because resistant is common and can happen, uh, especially with ciftazidim avibactam and ciftelolazanetazobactam. And in these cases, when we do have resistant from these agents, uh, there are some reports that we can use imepinem, ciliastat, and relbactam as an alternative to them and cifidrocol uh, as well. If you allow me to add one point, Dr. Asar, regarding extra management strategies, regarding the nebulizers, nebulizer of antibiotic nebulizer you can use as our case is cystic fibrosis having pneumonia. Actually, the IDSA not recommending to use nebulizer either by amicacin, uh, colistin, or fosomycin. It's nowadays is is out of uh, discussions to be used, just using systemic antibiotic rather than adding nebulizer, even if the case is having pneumonia. So as additive form. And something that comes up occasionally, uh, let's pretend that this patient had pretty significant nephrotoxicity. Maybe she had seen a lot of immunoglycoside exposure um, or other reasons. Are there any other options outside of these antibiotic regimens that we've talked about that may be at our disposal? Yeah, sure. There is now new era of uh, bacteriophage therapy. Actually, the era of bacteriophages pee on the antibiotic. The simple idea is uh, viruses that bind to the bacteria. It is specific viruses to this 
type of bacteria. It is causing um, regression in bacteria production and causing lysis and the bacteria. It is a new era of uh, of therapy to add on beyond antibiotic therapy. It's escaping the microbe or the, the human microbe. So the side effect and uh, um, the sequelae the sequelae of the process it seems to be until now the result showed safety wise. It's self limited. It's self replication. Once the viral the bacterial illness ended, so the viral no, no more rule of viruses or no more sequelae. So having the bacterial therapy, I think this new era and adding on uh, new medicine beyond the antibiotics issues. Nowadays, also a new um, a trend on um, traditional wise, they are still under experimental trials, the vaccines. They are talking about um, the issues of vaccine regarding lipopolysaccharide of pseudomonas in specific age groups and specific um, type of patients, specific costs, like our patient cystic fibrosis, immunocompromised patient. They are now in uh, phase three trials of uh, vaccine against pseudomonas against lipopolysaccharides. So this is beyond the antibiotic options to having bacteriophage or vaccines. I think nowadays it will be the, in the coming years, it will be the trend rather than talking about antibiotic beta-lactam, beta-lactamizin inhibitors. Thanks for listening. We will be back next week with the next episode from this series. As always, don't forget to check out the website, febrilepodcast.com, where you'll find the consult notes, which are written compliments of the show with links to references our library of ID infographics, and a link to our merch store. Please reach out if you have any suggestions for future shows or want to be more involved with Febro. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and I'll see you next time.